0: morning welcome back uh today is wednesday may 24 2023 right at the edge of june moving towards the second half of 2023 personally i'm uh, a little uh shocked sometimes by how quickly time seems to be passing my subjective experience the days are going even faster and um it's uh, <laughs> uh, some people have said to me, uh, it, it they don't know how to finish. Uh, it, it's a challenge to finish projects or lots of font projects. It's not. A, it's a difficult time to start new projects, or starting a big new project is a challenge. With <laughs> the sense that t- there's less time than before, that, that each day goes faster and so there's some peace to that if one is seeking release and there's some uh, one would be upset naturally um, if one is involved in major new projects with a time limit so it's uh, good to minimize uh, I want to talk today about uh, On a subject that's related to, in some sense, um, streamlining, simplifying, releasing, detaching, freeing ourselves up from unnecessary obligations, Uh, the word samsara, everybody, I'm sure, has heard as uh, the cycle of birth and death, or transmigration, or... Uh, the ocean of samsara through which we reincarnate ceaselessly until we make final release and liberation into moksha or nirvana or eighth density or freedom from the need for reincarnation. Uh, Personally, I think that I mean, I myself believe that's true that whatever the so-called self or agent or uh identity is uh there is the relative subjective experience of uh, repeated incarnation in multiple dimensions and that that's the big pic that's part of or or some important uh mm, that, that that is an important portion of the composition of the big picture or the environmental structure of creation in which we're living and now we're here in a particular world, in a particular time (coughs) uh, with particular conditions benefits and disadvantages or challenges and support uh, as simply one of uh, a long long series of incarnations this is uh, something that (coughs) some of us would say we know but don't reflect upon that often and what i want to do is particularly uh from the wisdom library website wisdomlib.org page on samsara where there is uh actually what three one definitions (laughs) wisdom library is a really great site i think and the Definitions of Buddhist Hindu terminology and other traditions, <clears throat> uh, with multiple references and, and sources for each, I think is really valuable. So while I hold Buz, Buddhism, Gautama's teaching, uh, you know, the Buddha Satana, the Buddha Dhamma, particularly of the earliest writings, in the highest esteem, and Find no fault with them, really. There is value to look at other traditions, too, like Shaivism or Jainism uh, or simply Sanskrit definitions <clears throat> to tease out additional truth and valuable um, ideas that that complement or support or fill out, um, put more meet on the body of the understanding of samsara that we already have, mainly perhaps from Hinduism and Buddhism. So I want to read some of these. <clears throat> and the first point to take into consideration is the word samsara uh, can refer to or should refer simultaneously to what appears to be an objective process, uh, the It appears to be at first the outer world the world is of samsara or the worldly as samsara is sort of seen to be an external meaning uh, we do birth and death in an environment in an apparently external outer environment of dimensional phenomena and while all of it is impermanent, uh, we, may f- we, we may think that samsara is outside ourselves. But actually, another understanding of samsara is it's the being that does transmigration. Transmigration as an apparently objective process, beings experience is seeing samsara as the worldly, as if it's outside ourselves, while then there's samsara as the agent, the being, the beingness, the self, or the sense of self, actually. It's the sense of being a subjective being that is samsara, (laughs) that is regularly arising, persisting, passing away, meaning the body and the mind. Uh, The five skandhas regularly arise, persist, and pass away, right? The form, feeling, feeling, or sensation, uh, perception, uh, sankara, samskara, the mental fermentations, meaning thinking and feeling particularly, thinking, feeling, images, memory, dreams, fantasy, all... Thought form related activity of mind as fourth skanda, sankara, and fifth is vijnana, which is particularly subjectivist consciousness, dualistic consciousness. All of that is samsara too. And so we can say that, well, form as the first skanda, my body, your body, bodies, objects, material objects, things, energy fields, that's samsara. Well, I think we're not really sure what that is because the perceiver hasn't been fully purified, right? With the doors of perception cleansed, we perceive one would know reality as it is, which is infinite, William Blake. Uh, The outer is a product of an apparent inner uh, working on an apparent outer. (laughs) The world I live in is different than the world you live in, even though many of the objects, or all of the objects physically are nearly the same. But when I see the tree and you see the tree or any five people see a tree, actually they're not having the same experience of a tree at all. Some people won't see it or will only see it when called to see it. And when called to see it, see simply, um, you know, they see the physical object visually, uh, but it means nothing. And therefore, the perception uh, doesn't lead to any conception. Uh, Simply put, in some sense, we're living in the same world with sometimes radically different experience. Right? Ross saying human 3D life offers... a adequate heaven and a more than adequate hell Uh, go to certain places and it's awful go to another place and it's quite sublime Uh, so samsara as both an apparently external and objective process uh, associated with an environment multidimensionality that a being goes in and out of or uh, regularly suits up with uh, body suits or form-based body. Uh, so an outer, the worldly is samsara, and then there's the worldling as samsara, the worldling or us, anybody, ba- basically beings below the left, from higher self down, uh, beings, self-conscious beings in third and fourth and fifth sixth third third, four, five, sixth density particularly. And perhaps not at all beyond that. Beings in second density could be said to be in samsara, but their mind is not at all uh, in the, you know, <laughs> the, the the condition of self consciousness. They don't have a they don't have the sense of uh, identity individuation. Obviously, that humans do. Even the advanced animals have a, a, a germinal, a, a somewhat vague. Um, sense of identity and even though identity is essentially illusory <clears throat> uh, it's it's critical to tread the path from animal to atmanic from two to six uh, the sense of self is critical so there's samsara as an outer the world and the worldly ways and dimensionalities and objects that, that um, are the place of our experience and then there's the being that does uh, incarnation and evolution as the worldling that is the basis of samsara. The worldly is the uh, unenlightened being. The, the jiva, <laughs> not yet in jivatman, is the worldling living a worldly way that involves a whole lot of transmigration or circularity or recycling and repeating, whether it's 3D repeating or incarnational recycling. Uh, that's another aspect. And then the third is a, is a topic of contemplation. Samsara in various uh, Indian traditions is a topic for contemplation, and me talking today or thinking about it, and you may be thinking a bit about it too, is you know a fulfillment of seeking to know, uh, samsara, is seeking to know by contemplation. And so I talked about the raw material in the Toto talk, uh, where raw is predicul- pr- predominantly giving us principles for contemplation rather than practices or techniques for practice. There's a bird community outside my hotel room here. So let's jump in. Shaivism, Shaiva philosophy, samsara. This is from Wisdom Live. Wis- samsara refers to the, quote, great tree of transmigration, According to the uh, Varana Simahatmya verse, quote, The great tree of transmigration, samsara vitapa, Vitapa, has arisen from the seed of desire. After cutting the tree with the axe of indifference, whose sharp blade is disattachment, they proceed on the atimarga. So, okay, a few different important ideas. Reincarnation as a tree. Gautama spoke of it as an ocean, the ocean of birth and death. So, floating in the ocean, are you swimming to the further shore or not? (laughs) Or some beings are truly swimming to the outer shore, to the other shore, consciously. Many beings are floating on the currents, Uh, some beings are sinking some are trying to fly when they can't um, uh, the tree of transmigration <clears throat> uh, as a sort of continual recycling from lower to higher I think that there's less of that than, than is depicted in Buddhism and Hinduism or the Vedantas and Buddhism in general and so we'll see some of this I was just reading a uh, one, a very famous American disciple of Master Shenhua, Xuan, I don't know how to say his name exactly, Master Hua, H U A, who is, I think, you know, the best of Chinese Buddhism. Master Hua, City of 10,000 Buddhas, uh, Vajra Bodhisi, uh, the best translations of Chinese Mahayana text, without a doubt, comes from BTTS, Buddhist Text Translation Society. Uh, in Ukiah, California city of 10,000 Buddhas started by Master Hua so the story of one of the most famous monks there who did the three steps one bow uh, (laughs) practice where these guys he and another monk walked over a thousand miles bowing every three steps and I calculated what they gave it was basically he did something like two million bows Going from Southern California to the Northwest, three bows and one step. Meanwhile, later um, uh, he had certain conflicts. He was a very smart and very well evolved soul. He's still around. I forgot the guy's name. Hong Hong Ju or something like that. Hong Yu, Hong Yu, Hong Ju, and um, couldn't stand the. <laughs> Asceticism—it's a very ascetic perspective—and went out drinking one night as a monk, and then out of shame, disrobed, and all sorts of things. But eventually, pulled it together, and um, has huge merit, actually. And um, that—that whole perspective. he was told by his master when he was thinking about eating oysters after having disrobed um, in a phase of recovery from alcoholism and this and that, having a really. It, because they, they, uh, Master Hua had the highest of standards for monks, and perhaps really too much. But uh, the master said, Master Hua said something like, Don't become a fish. Hung ju, hung yu. Yu also means fish. There are several different, depending on uh, depending on the tones, the word yu in Chinese means fish and other things. <clears throat> so the play on words was the, the teacher called out and said, "Hung zhu, hung fish, don't become a fish. Meaning don't eat oysters because I guess the teaching is uh, if you eat oysters, you may become a, reincarnated as a fish. Now, I really don't think that that's true. <clears throat> I do think that severe discipline and restraint is extremely important for those on Atimarga or gunning for complete and perfect enlightenment, yes. But there, there's all sorts of discussion about uh, this, there, the tree of. When the, in the analogy of samsara as a tree, there is commonly the notion that uh, <clears throat> if you eat meat, you become a cow, if you eat an oyster, you might become a fish be very, very careful, and they're strict vegetarians. Okay, I don't agree with that, but uh, I, see, I see samsara as, as seen as an external or an environmental, more as an ocean. But whether it's a tree or an ocean, it arises from the seed of desire, the original desire that entities seek and become one. Right? So logoic desire gives rise to light or the basis of energy and matter. And thus dimensionalities, and um, in so-called environment, apparent outer environments, for apparent <laughs> subjective uh, experience and evolution. So, yeah, the the whole realm of creation has arisen from logoiic desire, and beings, the the beingnesses, who think of themselves as beings, <laughs> in this apparent external environment of dimensionalities made of light um, must make effort to get out of eternal coursing in this but it's the it's the beingnesses or the being so-called beings desire that keeps uh, us reincarnating of course the final line here is after cutting the tree or you know, uh, leaping out of the ocean or swimming through the ocean to the other shore with the acts axe, AXE, axe of indifference. I'd love to know what the Sanskrit words It, It's probably uh, something close to Vairagya. And indifference cuts desire. And you can't, you know, being at peace with phenomena as they are in one way or another leads to or is associated with freedom from desire freedom from desire can't be achieved I think frankly by um, hard forcing I think and and hard restraint while extremely valuable or critical hard restraint on wrong speech wrong action wrong livelihood particularly uh, hard restraint is very important sometimes and and hard restraint was what Master Hua's is teaching was all about or a large part of it um, was they were ascetic they commonly were encouraged they were encouraged the monks were encouraged to sleep sitting in the seated seated position as one of the dutanga ascetic practices and not lie down and like live like that never lying down for one who's super coalesced on go on on the Atimarga, meaning the higher path, and I'll explain that in a moment, then yeah, hard restraint is great, but that's not us. It ain't me, babe. It ain't me you're looking for, and so uh, we have to be judicious with hard restraint or self denial or denial of desire. It's extremely, it's it's critical and it's, it's critical sometimes. It's extremely important sometimes and it's it can lead to some harmful consequences sometimes too. So, but indifference as Vairagya, as not I hate and I thus restrain myself or reject it, I hate that. But actually um, dispassion, uh, there, I have no passion for it anymore. That doesn't come by force. That comes by after balancing as the result of deep balancing or healing, deep self-healing and balancing. Uh, and and the, 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 the Zen, the certain desires or certain tendencies then just don't arise anymore. So you don't cut the tree of samsara, but you uh, swim straight through it to another shore. Uh, So cutting the tree with the axe of indifference or uh, crossing the ocean by um, the power of uh, dispassion, which really um, is going to be seeking well-being, seeking release and freedom, Uh, the stronger the seeking or conviction, seeking freedom, release, release that leads to freedom. The um, more sensitive we'll be to pain, (laughs) the the greater the light, the greater the sensitivity to Dukkha, the greater the awareness, the greater the intensity or the conviction, the more single-pointed motivation. (laughs) When motivation is, is highly concentrated on simply release or freedom, we are very sensitive to pain and uh, that doesn't mean we're going to be always in pain but as far as I can tell one is very sensitive one is increasingly sensitive to disharmony as one as the mind becomes more familiar with equanimity so instead of cutting a tree with an axe of indifference there is swimming straight through uh, reincarnation or incarnative dimensional experience by way of um, folk, uh, uh, having our, our attention focused on seeking greater freedom seeking honesty, seeking the real seeking f- um, to be uh, aware of what is and that particularly begins with um, a heightened awareness of pain or dukkha dukkha is not only physical pain obviously or suffering it's all sorts of dissatisfactoriness and then, okay, the sharp blade, the sharp blade of this axe is the disattachment, disattachment as, uh, uh, just say no, Uh, another aspect of vairagya, but harder. Then they proceed on the Atimarga. What's the Atimarga? Well, from Wisdom Library, Shaivism, Atimarga, three definitions. Uh, Atimarga refers to the outer path But that doesn't mean (laughs) that there's something wrong with it. The teaching of Shiva, it goes on, which defines the Shaivas, meaning the Shiva lineage yogis, is divided between two great branches or streams, Shrota, which is another word for um, a verse. These are termed the outer path, Atimarga, and the path of mantras, Mantra Marga. Marga means path or way. Um... Uh, that, that's just uh, either Sanskrit and common usage today. Many streets in India are called something-something Marg. So there's the outer path and the path of mantras. That's strange. The first outer, so-called outer path is accessible only to ascetics, while the second is open to both ascetics and to married home dwellers. <laughs> so we're neither ascetics nor f- not all married home dwelling there's a difference of goals. The Ati Marga is entered for salvation alone. Okay. Boom. Um, so, Atimarga Marga is the Shaiva tradition term for what I call gunning for Nibbana only. Seeking complete and perfect enlightenment in this one lifetime now only. And whilst many people think that that's all they want, that's not true. <laughs> that's why they don't attain it <clears throat> if you only want it you can attain it if you don't attain it it may be because one wants one is um, one has mixed motivation one has multiple desires some of which work against others uh, and <clears throat> one's personal um, seeking is not indeed truly for salvation alone or moksha the, uh, then the mantra marga promises both this meaning salvation if you get to the end of it and for those that so wish attainment of supernatural power cities and experience of supernatural pleasures in the worlds of their choice bulga yeah and so <clears throat> higher dimensional sensual uh, pleasure a whole. which is you know available I mean that's what higher dimensional life on the positive path 456 is all about it's extremely harmonious Very serious Buddhists and teachers and monks would look down on the desire for uh, higher dimensional uh, incarnation as a goal, but it can be seen as a temporary goal, uh, seeking, you know, as a way station. I'd like to take a rest in uh, the heaven of the 33, if you don't mind. Something like that. The 33 that, that's actually a Buddhist term, the heaven of the 30, 33 or something like that. <clears throat> Before Masonic and occult and all that stuff, there was a Buddhist discussion of uh, the heaven of the 33. So, uh, okay, so we've got Ati Marga, and we've got Mantra Marga, and that's uh, the, the fact that a few souls seek the highest only, most souls uh, who are seeking also have uh, desire. Uh, there is an important perspective here where uh, the Ati Marga or <clears throat> seeking complete and perfect enlightenment is like going straight while... Um, Remaining with the mind or the being, remaining um, kind of um, unprocessed by by study and practice, <clears throat> going in circles. So there's a circularity to samsara. There's a circularity to reincarnation. There's a circularity to much of our mental activity, or mental and physical activity. Meaning we turn around the same thoughts and uh, musings. Or we have certain behavioral patterns we do again and again and again. Now, <clears throat> one may get a lot of van- benefit. I do meditation again and again and again. Oh, I- is that unhelpful? No, I think it's quite helpful, but it's repetitive. Is there no problem with it being repetitive. But there is a circularity to some repetitive action, or there's repetitive action that we may do In mind and body, behavior and thought, or speech, thought, word, and deed, a certain circularity that doesn't, is not developmental. That is, there's a certain repetitive, let's say, that's not, that's circular. And there's another kind of repetitive that is not circular. You can do practice every day or do X, Y, and Z that's helpful, study, Being with loved ones, you know, learning from, learning during your relaxation, meaning watch a movie, watch the TV if you dare. I don't have a TV or I hate them really, but watch the TV or you watch the video or you watch the movie or you listen to the music or you go to the museum or you take a walk. Whatever is there for some respite from working <clears throat> some other harder working or service or life obligation but one seeks to learn too one is uh, you know seeking to benefit and learn and grow and and continue development uh, keep going straight even while in the resting phase uh, I think that Alice Bailey somewhere in the Bailey there was some supposed some comment that was supposedly from one of the masters or something like, uh, that that something like rest and uh, rest and recuperation or the time of rest is simply a change of uh, service resting equals simply a changed object of service which is also about um, aspect of uh, changed uh, f- mode of development When I'm finished doing this, I go lie down and uh, do breath meditation. Or when I finish that, I watch a movie for two hours and laugh a lot. But observe carefully the psychodynamics and the assumptions and what I can learn uh, from the movie. (laughs) About people, about society, about myself, about how mind is dot dot dot. And also relax and enjoy So, there's uh, what I do, what we do often, that is circular and we're not learning from. And it's sort of bobbing up and down in the ocean. And then there's swimming, and swimming straight rather than in circles. So, from the Purana, (laughs) samsara compared to the ocean. And then it explains, the evils of family life as explained by the king of mountains. Hmm? The necessity of children, the difficulty and anxiety in procuring good husbands for daughters, the duham of something, this may be dukkham. So, the, there indeed are, obviously, many obligations, many necessities, many, many requisites to the human life that um, uh, we must perform, we must uh, fulfill to live in the world. And all that is of dukkha, uh, <laughs> which may be fine. Uh, dukkha doesn't mean uh, screaming agony, but the worldly life, uh, the obligations of human living, has another definition of uh, samsara. From a uh, general definition in Hinduism, it means wandering. The three worlds, Triloka, Constitutes, Samsara, wandering. In Buddhism, from Theravada, from access to insight, hey, hey. Uh, then it's just transmigration, the round of birth and death. So the circularity, the repetitiveness, the Sisyphean, Sisyphus pushing the rock up the hill, and then it falls back down uh, in front of him and he's got to run to not get crushed and then do it again. There's a there's a tiresome circularity associated both to continued reincarnation where one's not evolving or even when one is evolving or going to higher dimensional levels over time or something, harvesting to the next entity, There is a tiresomeness to it that may be felt or one may feel some fatigue and um, uh, weariness I'm tired of um, uh, I'm tired of change <laughs> and so the weariness of reincarnation the weariness uh, the weariness the, the weary, wearisome wearisome? not worrisome the the, the the wear and tear that leads to often a weary weariness of mind associated both with reincarnation and the round of daily life and the mind itself the the heart of samsara is the uh, you know avidya based uh, vijñana the, the the five skandhas taken as a self and the very continual arising of uh, perception uh, leading to an awareness of sensation and thought and the continuance of a sense of selfhood this continual arising of sensation, perception or perception of sensation, perception of concept concept coming and going and thought that's that's what samsara is really all about is the round of birth and death uh, of of the apparent self, of the Vijnana of sankara, of the skandhas. And you'll see that down here too. So, Theravada, from Pali Canon, Manual of Buddhist Terms and Doctrines, samsara as round of rebirth, literally perpetual wandering. And so the wanderers are not perpetually wandering, we're temporarily wandering. <laughs> we're wandering uh, with a purpose, and uh, as in the movie Just uh, just Visiting, very funny, cute movie, with, uh, yeah, old Jean Reynaud, who I think is a really good guy in an ugly environment. Uh, he says something, somebody asked him, put, the, put on this, the woman says, put on this name tag if you get lost, and he says something, my dear, uh, only those without purpose are lost. And I have purpose. And that's very, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a bankable line. Um, lost, in the sense of disoriented, is the result of purposelessness. Now, you may have a purpose that's completely distorted. <laughs> and uh, one, there's lots of that on planet Earth, right? So they're not lost. Well, that's nice. They're just troublemaking and on their way to hell as uh, a bunch of humans are. A bunch of humans are preparing themselves to go to hell after this lifetime, without a doubt. But uh, one won't be lost. One might. (laughs) To find salvation or freedom, one must have purpose, and then there isn't disorientation. So long as the purpose, my aim, is true, and the purpose is indeed... For the betterment of of all beings, but particularly self and other, and to be free of ignorance and, and dukkha. So the round of rebirth, perpetual wandering, circular wandering, is a name by which is designated the sea of life ever restlessly heaving up and down, the symbol of this continuous process of ever again and again being born, growing old, suffering, and dying, birth, old age, sickness, and death. More precisely put, which is nice that they like that, samsara is the unbroken chain of the five-fold combinations. Right. Which, or the five skhandas, which constantly changing from moment to moment follow continuously one upon the other through inconceivable periods of time. Time is akchinteya, the five-fold combinations. Ho-ho. First I give them a uppercut and then I go with the left right and I chop chop and uh, the fivefold kanda or skanda, the five skanda combinations ever arising, mutating, morphing disappearing reappearing um, <laughs> how um, the worldling beats itself up <laughs> with uh, ever new uh, five skanda combinations of arising the rising combinations of five skandhas. That's samsara, actually. And so the notion that we'll see down the page, if I can get to it, uh, from Mahayana, where nirvana and samsara are understood as one, because samsara is not the outer world, actually. Samsara is the formulation by uh, a beingness of an outer world, Perceived by an inner being. The perception of an outer world and the perception of an inner being, both of those is of the being and of the five skandhas, and that's samsara. Not particularly the uh, table in front of me or the sun rising and setting. Uh, Dimensionality is a projection. Of the avidya-based um, Vijnana which is simply light, and again, I read this. We are forty oh oh. Uh, I read, I, I listened to. A, a, I, I put it in the link last time. Mahabua weeps, weeps for us all. Uh, Mahabua talking about how, in advanced, you know, in a, in basically, I would imagine it's the fourth jhana. Um, and a very solid um, concentration, quiet mind, awareness of light, realizing that light is um, awareness. Or, you know, no longer perceiving discrete objects, but perceiving unified light, knowing that that is awareness, but then perceiving a radiant center point. That is the sense of self. That radiant center point is simply a product of light being itself um, uh, with seven ray, with, with after the generation of seven rays, or light in the form of seven rays. When light, which is formless, or not of seven rays, it's the basis. Ross said the origin, you know, the nature of all energy is light. So the seven rays are energy. Their nature is light. That light is intrinsically aware or intelligent, (laughs) infinity, or infinite intelligence. Uh, Light is naturally, light is awareness, actually. We don't even know what the hell it is, right? Are we aware? (laughs) Well, we believe are we are. We believe there is an apparently substantial... Experience called awareness. Now you're getting very deconstructing epistemology. Uh, There isn't, uh, uh, there is, that, that, the perception of a center point to this boundless unified field of light awareness. This is Mahabua recounting his experience. Uh, He then applied that the, as I, you know, as is, I talked about. Application of Ti uh, Lakana, or the three marks, uh, the truth that, that all so called outer and inner, self and other, this and that, is of these three marks, three characteristics impermanent, insubstantial, or no self, and stressful, dukkha, or painful, are unsatisfactory. <clears throat> he applies that. That's the, that is the practice of insight meditation at the higher level is in the fourth jhana or third jhana perhaps not the formless jhanas in the third or fourth uh, one um, applies those three marks or any of them uh, as instructed by their teacher (laughs) not by me uh, applies that to what one is perceiving and so first he's perceiving a field of boundless light then he's perceiving an apparent center point, which is called I, or identity, or Atta. And then he applies the teaching of uh, Anatta to it, and looks at it and realizes, actually, there isn't anything there. It's a perception. It's an insubstantial and impermanent perception. And then he comes to realize that it's an illusion. There is no substantial center point. And then (laughs) finishes the, the last... The, the eighth fetter, and uh, presumably finishes uh, evolution. But this unbroken chain of fivefold Kanda combinations, um, taking it, you know, taking it as substantial, taking it as permanent when it's impermanent, taking it as substantial when it's insubstantial, taking it as an I and me when it's not, taking it as, uh, taking. Not seeing the illusory nature of pleasure, we take it as substantial as well, Um, and don't see doka. That kind of work um, uh, is is what is swimming straight, rather than swimming in circles. Swimming straight, using catalyst for uh, transformation. And so, it goes on. Of this samsara, a single lifetime constitutes only a tiny and fleeting faction, or fraction. Hence, to be able to comprehend the first noble truth of universal suffering, I mean the truth of Dukkha, one must let one's gaze rest upon samsara, upon this frightful chain of rebirths, and not merely upon one single lifetime, which, of course, may be sometimes less painful. And, of course, as, as one gets into a higher, more expanded states of Awareness or greater freedom from lower triad blockage, uh, one feels less dukkha. The dukkha goes from uh, visceral a- agony <laughs> uh, to subtle, um, uh, subtle dissatisfactoriness, uh, particularly of the very um, arising of the skandhas. The, the arising of the skandhas can be felt as pain. The, dukkha, the, the dissatisfactoriness or a certain dis-ease uh, can be felt simply with the um, experience of change or phenomenal arising, particularly the arising of um, perception and thought. Even uh, vijnana can be seen as dukkha, let alone anatta, meaning uh, I've had this experience in meditation where even this sense of identity I'm aware of the uh, sense of identity returning I'm aware of the arising of a sense of I from a previously a, a previous um, a condition where that sense of I had not arisen meaning I come back to myself something like that it's not really coming back to myself <laughs> that's a shitty way of putting it it's more like the sense of a personal identity now arises has now arisen and just that arising is dukkha I can feel I could feel the dukkha of the arising of subjective uh, identity the perception of subjective identity perception is insubstantial (laughs) or and that which perception is identifying is also insubstantial because it's simply identifying with more insubstantial called thought thought and definition thought um, and identification or thought um, rec- <laughs> what I'm defining my experience that's Dukkha too, as well as the arising of this I again and again and again the weariness of identity <laughs> the wear and tear that's felt by um, our identity <laughs> the, the firm attachment to the uh, maya of uh, of Atta <laughs> the maya of Atta And so, it's not that there isn't um, I. It's just that that I is not separate from Boundless Light and then the source of Boundless Light and therefore is very far from any kind of a personal selfhood. It's not of personal selfhood. Anyway, (laughs) all right. So, further general definition in Buddhism Samsara from um, Wisdom Library. Hey, hey. Um, continuous movement, continuous flowing, and I would say continuous um, circular movement, circular flow, uh, where there isn't there isn't necessarily a breaking of new ground. There's a repetitiveness, rep- repetitiousness. Repetitiveness of that which is not um, continuing to transform the being or the beingness, meaning the uh, cultivation is the, the mind is no longer being purified. Uh, the work of dropping the harmful and cultivating the the nourishing or the supportive has ended and one really is uh, going in a circle. It's sort of a spiraling down versus a spiraling up. And uh, you have a point, and you have a line, and you have a circle. And shape is made by the circling of the lines. Uh, And uh, to escape, Uh, the circularity of uh, reincarnating endlessly in the octave. Uh, one must go straight. However, it's uh, it's actually uh, an integration of this of the line and the circle, which goes to the the upward spiraling light. Upward spiraling is some kind of evolutionary integration of the line and the circle. It seems to me. And so. The the issue of shape is kind of important here. So, okay, samsara means the concept of a cycle of birth, jati. All beings in the universe apply to its rules or are under its rules and can only be escaped, (laughs) can only escape through enlightenment. According to Buddha, there's no starting or ending point of samsara, just like a circle. Uh, I'm not sure that there is no start, frankly, but... The thing is that uh, to seek a start point of, of an apparent temporal succession, which is illusory. You see, temporality and linear sequential experience is illusion too. That's why there's no there's no start. There's no start because it's non-linear, and it's non-linear because its nature is. Um, non it, its nature is formless there was no time before uh, light <laughs> with the generation of light you have the inception of time and uh, the, its nature can f- there there is no start point to that which mm-hmm. appears to be temporal but isn't There's no starting point to that which appears to be temporal but is not. Okay. So, Sanskrit word meaning turning of the wheel or revolving, transmigration in the six directions of reincarnation, the six realms. Uh, Higher dimensional, I'd say, Asura and Deva, negative, positive, negatively oriented morally, and positively oriented morally, higher dimensional beings. uh, Orion and confederation, Inclusive, uh, called Asuras and Devas, then human is three, then the three states of woe uh, hungry ghost, hell, Naraka, Gehanna for you, and uh, animal. And so uh, these six realms (laughs) uh, are six. Uh, mind-generated apparent environments with other beings who are continuing to generate those um, environments. The six direction, the six realms or directions of reincarnation. The six realms for reincarnation are are six um, categories of mind states and evolution of uh, of an apparent being that is projecting an outer. Anyway, uh, samsara from Shambhala publications, hey hey, uh, journeying, cycle of existences, succession of rebirths that a being, or a beingness that thinks itself a being, this is not the same, a succession of rebirths that a being, or a beingness that imagines itself a being, goes through within various modes of existence until it's attained liberation moksha, and entered nirvana, extinguishing. Imprisonment in samsara is conditioned by the three unwholesome roots, akkusala dhamma, hatred, desire, delusion, or grasping, aversion, ignorance. The type of rebirth within samsara is determined by the karma of the being, and the karma of the being is generated by the being, the beingness, by thought, word, and deed. In Mahayana, samsara refers to the phenomenal world, and is considered essentially identical with nirvana. And that's the thing. It's... it's To say that that samsara or nirvana either is, quote, out there or even of the phenomenal world, I think is ultimately mistaken. In the end, I would think... I'm not at the end, so I can only think it. I can't speak it from knowing. But I would think, or I do think, at the end... One would one would dispense with the inner with any notion of inner and outer simultaneously, and at that point, it would be seen that prior ignorance is samsara, Uh, avidya is samsara, (laughs) Uh, an apparent you know a five skanda being under uh, control of avidya, not having broken avidya and all ten fetters, that's samsara. The being is samsara. The worldly, circular, (laughs) repetitive, reincarnating or arising, persisting, the phenomenal beingness or being is samsara. Yet, um, evolution occurs. And in some sense, we are... um, We have to make our own unique sampling and selection and integration from teachings of um, Buddhism or any tradition, which is particularly an Ati Marga, at least in the sense of um, a path centered, focused, uh, fully on um, attainment of complete and perfect enlightenment. Ati Marga is entered for salvation alone. Like that. And so those who seek only salvation or freedom from samsara and reincarnation and the five skanda fantasy, fantasy show, um, only those would be considered on Atimarga, although they're really, you know, all divisions are illusory. Anyway, it's a matter of how quickly and how uh, the pace of evolution, the gradient Of the ascent, the gradient or the nature, the angle, the particulars of one's own upward spiraling light commitment or commitment to upward spiraling light or evolution. Uh, In certain lifetimes, in certain periods of certain lifetimes, we are uh, wholly focused on development. In other times of the same lifetime, we are uh, focused on the worldly just like Hong Yu was. He sort of lost it and then came back even better, I would think. A better understanding of um, Dhamma and the the way after his um, so-called fall. Um, And he had said Hong Ju, Hong Yu. I'll try to find this link. I haven't... Don't see it. It's, it's actually the written by. There's a bio written by his daughter, in I think it's tricycle. Very interesting because these these are he, he you you Master Hua is is the uh, really the best of Chinese Buddhism. Maybe his teacher, Shu uh, uh, Yun, White Cloud or Cloud was also that that lineage. But he really was a great. <laughs> he is a great being. And Heng Zhu, Hong Yu is uh, is very much uh, in that tradition. And the master even said, Hong uh, Yu, you've made a great contribution to Buddhism in the West. Absolutely. Absolutely. But Hong uh, Yu said that when he was in the city of 10,000 Buddhas, um, he was really, he, after he left, he could never be sure that when he was there, he was following all the rules because it was really him or it was just um, going along with what the community was doing around him. What he really meant is he, he, his motivation, he wasn't able to know this, the, the quality of his own motivation to, do the, the, to live the monk's life in certain ways being in a community where everyone's doing it and you you must do it to stay you you can't you you know if you do certain things you're immediate the parajikas you're thrown out you're immediately disqualified from uh you know the bhikkhu uh, status for the rest of your life you're thrown out and you're finished he didn't actually do that he didn't do one of the parajikas i believe but uh well i'm not sure about this <laughs> Uh, but he's right that he couldn't be sure if indeed he was just following along or he truly wanted all that restraint because all he wanted was um, uh, the, the end of, of uh, samsara. And so this uh, Ati Marga is entered for salvation alone, living in a monastery... One may not, one will follow the rules uh, or get one gets thrown out. And if you stay, you're following the rules, presumably, uh, except for those that are hiding. <laughs> but if you follow the rules, if you stay and you follow the rules, is this because I truly only want this or part of it because I want to be with them? And I, it's easy to do what they do or not do these things that I used to do because no one else here is doing them. Uh, and that's right. <laughs> that um, we are commonly not very aware of how mixed up or how, how how complicated our motivations are. An analysis of motivation is a very deep study. So, okay, samsara as a journeying, journeying as a succession of rebirths, as the mind going round and round as well, as the continual arising, persisting, and passing away, particularly of perception and sankhara, the the continual flow of thinking, feeling, identity, reinforcement, uh, judgment, preference, desire, aggression, Uh, wondering, seeking, dropping, finding, waiting, acting, stopping, this whole thing, that's mind, or the apparent mind. And so, from the explant encyclopedia of Jainism, what's the meaning of samsara? The entity in which transmigration takes place. (laughs) Transmigration, it can also be called change transmigration. So samsara... Is change the ocean of uh, perpetual uh, experience of changing the ocean of perpetual perceiving change? Is change happening? I'm perceiving it. Is it happening? I don't know. I can be sure that I'm perceiving or I can be sure that there's a sense that there's an I who seems to believe, or I seem to believe, or believe indeed, I something's real, because I'm perceiving it, the perception is real. Is its object of perception substantial? Well, Buddhism would say no, that all dhammas are anatta uh, or insubstantial, or not I, and, and radically impermanent. So, the entity is samsara, the avidya-based entity is samsara, the entity in which transmigration, transmigration takes place, or change and transmigration itself. <laughs> so, it's very interesting. And one ought to, and, and the, the Jains understand the value of reflection on the concept or reality, uh, phenomenal, of uh, samsara. But, uh, and it says a monk should reflect upon the transient nature of the world, helplessness, loneliness, separateness from self and non self, impurity of body, cycle of births and rebirths, inflow of karmas and stoppage of inflow of karmas, shedding of stock of karmas, constitution of the universe, nature of true religion, haha. Indeed. Uh, and difficulty of attaining enlightenment, which are called the twelve pure bhavanas, the poor reflections. 12 Pure Reflections. So Jainism um, encourages spiritual contemplation, which is great. So um, to wrap it up, which is important because I'm uh, already over the time, um, we clearly experience continual change. This is ultimately the continual perceiving or the arising of perceiving of that which we're experiencing as change. Uh, The key is not um, to become an ascetic, it seems to me, if indeed that's not our really, not truly our desire. Uh, But to develop slowly, naturally, right aversion or right detachment vairagya from an attachment from our inevitable attachment to preference Uh, where I mean I I just see this for myself here, part of my problem is that I'm seeking good conditions (laughs) and seeking good conditions I inevitably judge conditions as well as bad or unfavorable. Seeking the preferred is okay, <laughs> it's natural, we all do it, um, and yet it the, the more strongly we seek the preferred, it was called desire, right, the more keenly we'll be aware of the unpreferred or experience the dukkha of unfulfilled desire. So I'm more aware of my desires now than before. Uh, And I can see that that's uh, of samsara. And uh, it's just a helpful, you know, I'm working, (laughs) talking from many levels here. Uh, It's important to um, recognize the difference uh, between circularity and um, a straight, what it could be called, a straightforward continued development, and certainly to be aware when we get stuck in in circularity. Uh, and the antidote to that, of course, is a commitment to continued learning and growing, which leads to a natural feeling to be helpful and kindly and be of service to others as well. So, in any way, uh, that wandering commentary, I hope, was useful. In any case, um, I hope you're well. Take good care of yourself. See you next time, and good night.